Guess what, folks? It's the radio socialist. He's back to drive me nuts. How are you, Alejandro? You can I'm, only talk after I say you can, okay? I'm good. I'm good. We're in a censorized. This is censorized. Oh, censorized. Subsidized. This is a subsidized censor censorized nation state here at Blinker Radio WSQF 94.5. You can hear our live stream worldwide recorded in our archives on WSQFradio.com. Just hit the play button that has rock and roll songs on it because we play rock and roll here with no commercials. Who would have thunk, thunk it? Your early rock and rollers who we all thought in the days of hoop and hoopla that rock and roll would never die. Well, it died until Blink Radio resuscitated it. It's all yours now. Did you hear about that uh, guy who, um, that LaRouche candidate who lost and he hired a bunch of people to shoot his political opponents? I did not hear that. And uh, nation, state, where, who, where, what state, another country, what's going on? Here, let, let me get it. Cause this, let this was, the, let the audience know what the hell you're talking about because I have no idea. I don't read Time Magazine. It wasn't on time here. Uh, but are, are you familiar with the LaRouche group? Is it LaRouche? LaRouche. Uh, Lyndon LaRouche? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, but, biggest, he's di- but he's passed away, hasn't oh, he? Oh, he has. But the biggest mistake I ever made during my, like, Obama years. Was- no, no, I'm sorry. You didn't have a like Obama years. You had Obama years. Meaning you and Obama bin Laden, I mean, Ben Biden, <laughs> ran the country into the ground. Subtle, subtle. Uh... But my biggest mistake was signing up for their newsletter, and they would not stop harassing me. And asking you for money? Yeah, like, um, I, I've never seen a, how do I say, a more politically confused? Misguided. Like, both. All of that. They're confused. Now, and, you got, now like means something. Like confused and like misguided. They're confused and misguided. Oh, double they're, up, they're, two they're point, they're like misguided, 2.0. They're confused and misguided. I feel like at least with like people I disagree with, such as like conservatives, they they, they understand the framework from which they're opposing. How come you didn't call me far right today? I'm conservative. I'm back to the middle because I'm not. I'm far right. But anyway, I'm trying to be charity to you. You're either conservative or you're not conservative. There's no such thing as far right, middle right, moderate. We think in the Republican Party. The Mitt Romneys of the world are bumpkiss. They're phonies. They're rhinos. They're just in name only to get elected. That's it. Because they, they have a tough time. Or they wouldn't have a tough time okay, running so, as a Democrat. So it was in New Mexico. Whoa. So it's in the United, continental United States. And it was a Republican who had lost an election. But tell me, statewide or federal? Let's see. Probably statewide. Because the state... Um, House District 14. Also federal. So yeah. So he had lost. Um, no, actually, I don't know for sure if it's federal, but I'm assuming now House District can mean state house. Doesn't necessarily mean. I don't know if Arizona is bicameral or only one chamber. Some states have just one chamber. Um, is there more details whether it's state or federal? Because federal means federal crime. State means state crime. Anything you do as a federal candidate is a federal crime. Anything you do as a state candidate is a state crime. Therefore, uh, the gauntlet comes down a little bit harder if it's a federal crime because you're now in a federal court, federal judge, and a jury system. What I'm seeing in the article is that it was a state senator. Okay. 
And this this guy believed that the election was stolen from him. He was, like, waving around papers that he printed out at his house. And it really reminded me of something because I kind of grew up on the Internet, right? And I think what I've seen on the Internet has kind of hit American politics at large, which is that we're very, very stuck in our minds. You know, we're all sort of like crusaders or like, as Trotsky put it, like eternal revolutionaries, like permanent revolutionaries. Yeah, like the like the, the communist youth in Cuba, Venezuela, Colombia, Soviet Union, and France. I get it. Okay, and, and it kind of got me thinking that like this approach to politics as like kind of war. I I think it's kind of backfiring on us, like as cycle, human beings. As human beings, because I can even tell you, I brought up a right wing example. Now I'm going to bring up a left wing example, like. I'll usually be, you know, just with friends, you know, not even political organization. And it's guys will really talk about how ever since, like, you know, what happened to Kennedy, the country has been like in the disposition of fascists. And, you know, Bush, Bush was not like, you know, a plutocrat, which is what I would argue that he represented the plutocrat wing of the United States um, is that he was like a far right fascist and he. You, you know, he's part of this wing to destroy the country, and it, it doesn't feel like people really gauge with what's happening. How come you guys don't ever say in your groups that in terms of legal actions, as pathetic as many of our actions are in the futile attempt to be the majority party that will never be Republicans, why don't you, why don't you mention the actual Actions, legal actions to destroy America and its cultural fabric of the Democratic Party. Because you never see, but that, That's kind of the talk that I, I kind of feel that, like, I, I was very fortunate during the pandemic that two things happened to me, right? That um, I had to move in with my parents for a bit, and then my brother from the Dominican Republic um, settled with me. And my, my brother was not as into politics as I am. Okay, wait, settle with you, like settled in the home with you and you started yeah. fighting over the, the, the two beds again? More or less. That's Someone. kind of what happens. Him, him on the bunk bed, him on who's up, who's down. <laughs> <laughs> but very much, you know, this was a period where the whole family was kind of scrunched together. Um, and he kind of told me that like his, he was really curious about like what was happening on like the pro Donald Trump websites more or less. So he, he wasn't in my circle. But he would say... So when, he was a Trumpster? No, no, he's a libertarian. Okay. And um, what he kind of would see is that, like, he told me, like, you sound exactly like the opposition that you're against. That this idea that, like, you have no political power, that you've never been in any position to enact it, so you... The forgotten. Like, you know, like, yeah... That it was that we 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 both had the. Similar... Are you stealing that from Trump's inauguration speech? Because that was the theme, the forgotten man. But that was also just the theme of the election in 2016. Was just you know the. Technocrats... Who can blame us, man? Look who we were running against. Oh, I know. Hilary. Uh, ah. Now remember, but, but always remember keep in perspective. This also came up from the Bernie camp. Okay. Um, and what I was kind of noticing and sitting down with that is that I had read a book um, called "The Psychology of Mass Movements." By right, I mean skim through it. It's a book I really want to sit down and find on audiobook. Um, but what I really... Is it kind of drab and hard to read? So you'd be better oratory? 
Um, I like listening to a book sometimes when I'm on the road. Like that's, no, I'm, in, I'm in agreement with you. I think I would consume more books if it came through the ears, not me. I have floaters in my vision. So as a result of being diabetic, uh, I already had floaters as a result of eye injury. Now I have floaters because of sugar, high blood sugar. But like, so reading a white page, you yeah. see little black dots following you. I, I, I like when it comes to philosophy, more or less, like, you know, something translated because, you know, I'm, I, I have that background. If it's like something old, I like reading it. But if it's like something more contemporary with like more modern English, it's something I really enjoy listening to. Because it's hey, more are seamless. you improving your phone now? Oh, uh, for everyone who is on the radio, I am holding a Game Boy SP in my hand. And then he likes fiddling with a Game Boy. So, and I, I have a feeling it's vibrating and it's giving him a tickle up his spine. Or a, <laughs> yeah. But very much what... But uh, it's better the, than him pulling on all the cables in here and playing with the, the microphone. The book kind of saddled me with is that, like, what I had feel like I had seen with, like, you know, what I said what radicalized me, which was the... Let's call it the the killing of Gaddafi and the kind of the invasion of Libya. It kind of made me feel that, you know, I lived in a country that was, you couldn't morally compromise with it because it wasn't really a country that had a sense, of, like a sense of morality. You know, this was a country that was going to... When you say that, I can only think of, talk to Cubans, man. Talk to Venezuelans. Talk to Colombians, Nicaraguans. Now... With the hyperinflation in Argentina, talk to them soon. Talk to Bolsonaro's people. You're looking at a country that will face obvious, really obvious lack of morality. No, yeah, Business no. closing. Have you seen the streets of Venezuela? Some of the most chic neighborhoods after just 10, 15 years of Chavez and Maduro. Everything's empty. The streets are empty. Everything's empty. It's freaking ghetto. Communism is ghetto. Left-wing socialist democracy. If they don't pull it off through high taxes in a very civilized manner, like in Denmark, I, I would say Denmark, Maduro and Finland, Chavez ran the country into their ground with the right military in spending. the ground with the military spending. Latins and communism don't go together. We have a very similar military spending to them. No, it had nothing to do with military spending. Had to do uh, with indoctrination and totalitarianism. But more or less, what we're I was, heading there. Don't get me wrong. But what I was getting, one more Osama bin Laden. I mean, oh, Obama Biden. Yes, we'll be we'll be out down and out. What I was getting to is that I felt like I was saddled with a country that like I couldn't really feasibly agree with at the time. So and I that felt is like, America. Yeah, because of its actions abroad. Okay. You know, given the war on terror, you know, this was um, an action, an action. Outside of my country, you know, so... Yeah, yeah, the ill effects of September 11th. I understand that. So what I had kind of been saddled with after that time and what I kind of took away from it after digging my head out of, you know, what I had felt was a righteous anger, I had kind of come to see what was a very more complicated picture of the world. It's complicated. But as more, social media would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what I've kind of seen is a lot of people who feel like they're stuck. A lot of people who feel like it's either victory or no victory. That everything is all or nothing. And what does my book say about that? You talk about grievances. Unanswerable. But I think but what we're seeing here from the right is that they're getting these unanswerable grievances. When they lose elections, oh no, these elections were cheated. Like, there, yeah. there, there's something magical Proof. that I didn't lose the election for reasons. Like, we, 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 uh, we got to understand one thing. 
either we admit that America denies it, denied it itself prosperity and voted itself out of existence in 2020, or we fail to recognize the grand stupidity of things of the Biden administration that shows itself over and over again. But that's an unanswerable grievance of your own. I don't think so. Because the proof is coming out that certain precincts in certain swing states were packed. The ballots were packed by boxes and boxes and boxes and paid donkeys to stuff are, are ballots. Are you talking about, um, Have you you ever talking read? about the mail-in ballots? The mail-in ballots? Well, that, what would happen with the mail-in ballots is that Trump told everybody not to vote through mail-in ballots. Because that he knows true. That he could specifically attack mail-in ballots for this reason. And so he predicted a long, drawn-out affair. We saddled down with a political culture in this country, which I think there's a strong semblance of unanswerable grievances that power our politics now. Like, you know, um, what are we supposed to do about, um, I don't know, like, we, we can't undo I, the mistakes of Iraq. We can't undo... But we can get rid of ballot boxes. Where in the hell in the law does it allow an election to be run from a ballot box? I don't know. In the most, do you know how? Do you have that background? I do. Really? I'm a free person who has voted every single time in person. I know that a mail-in ballot is subject to all types of fraud. Even Jimmy Carter said so. Uh, we see it in various countries. We just see it now in Brazil. Brazil was one of. I, I think Brazil's response has been great. The opposition party has bonded with Lula. Um, on this, because you know why they value their democracy. I don't think so. They do, because they have not. They have been a military dictatorship for a while, and democracy is now is something. Not a to... military. They've had military juntas. Actually, saved them from the last run with communism. Remember, if you if you play with the devil, the devil is what you get. Ask Cubans. But see, I, I feel like more or less like this is the problem. Um, I grew. The problem I is spent, I can't I afford for you Hold to on. be wrong. I, I, no, I spent the year. In my developmental years, the only place in th- throughout my entire life that I only felt anti-Americanism, like vivid, vivid anti-Americanism. And guess what they got? Hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Hold on. Let me South America? You, you don't even know what country I'm talking about. I have a feeling you're going to say the Dominican Republic. No. Venezuela? No. Wait a minute. Keep on guessing. Canada? No. Nicaragua? No. France? No. Uh, I'm done. It was Chile. Because I, I remember... The land of I, Pinochet. I, I went to... A international, he, saved, he saved Chile, by the way. But that's the thing. Here's the, I've read the Chicago School's defenses of him. I've seen everything. Please elaborate. Chicago School. The Chicago Schools are the Austrian. They're for limited government, more of a free market. Um, Who's a famous Austrian economics uh, guy who we repeat Everything all about the Pinochet installment by Kissinger was needless. Because here's the thing, is that... Allende's economics and Pinochet's were pretty much exactly the same. They had no difference. Uh, Pinochet still kept the nationalization of copper, still nationalized the banks, something that would make, you know, any Chicago schoolboy, like, cry and cringe. So um, what we have was an attitude of paranoia that this guy was going to be a repeat of what happened in Cuba, he had personally told um, Castro, I'm not listening to you. I'm not getting armed. Democracy, Ay- must, democracy must stand, is what he said. Yeah, and the CIA, and, and and the CIA fo- didn't like that response. And they forced him to commit suicide. So what? My, during my time in... Um, I just read a letter today. Perfect timing for this. I can't verify it. It's like a 
typewritten letter on the internet, so you don't know if it's true or not. It's got yellowish parchment paper looking old. And it's a letter written to Dr. King without calling him Dr. King. It just says King, comma. You're done. You're done. You're done. You're a, you're a maggot. You're disgusting. Imagine how Martin Luther King Day is circulating on the internet. Very terrible FBI-looking letter. Sorry, I shouldn't say that because I don't know what an FBI... No, the FBI did send him a threat. Yeah, commit, they did threaten commit, him. Com, commit suicide or you're done. Yeah. And 34 that, days that, later, that, he was That's a real dead. letter. It's real, huh? That's real. But more or less, like, what I had gotten from... So uh, uh, Martin Luther King said no, and Allende said yes, is basically what you're saying. No, um, is that Allende did not stand down for democracy. It, and he did not arm himself. He did not stop the process... So I remember my time in Chile is that there was constant quarrels between the American kids and the Chilenos. Mm -hmm. That you know the American kids they were taught to hate America. Now now they got communism. See how much they hate. Well, it's not communism. Not it's, yet. It's not. It's we thought so and, and too. That's kind of the thing is that we thought we so all, too. We all have to calm down in this country. Like my side, and I'll say your side. Like we all need to calm down a bit. Like you know. Granted, I don't like some things that Trump did, but... We were prosperous, which is all that counts. But we were divided. Because he, he ain't we coming divided. over to... We were mad. We were angry. You we were, were angry You were angry throats. before he was elected. Not Come most, on. Not, We've not, been a split country since not, Bush. He won by 528 not, not votes in Florida. People. Normal people were able to go nah, on, but man. when don't, Trump was there, Bush Gore, Trump Come got on. everybody mad. No, he, he definitely told harsh, disgusting... Truths about America's split. We have a big problem here in this country that we'll never have the perfect messenger because the perfect messenger wasn't so perfect, and that was Ronald Reagan. The imperfect messenger was much more perfect, and his name was Donald J. Trump. But he didn't have the eloquence of Reagan. He couldn't. He couldn't message like you want to hear. He wasn't. He didn't make love to you at the bedside like you wanted to hear. He just, bam, 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 tweet, 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 bam, bam, bam. If you don't like it, here's another one. Bah. And then I wish I could say the the profanity stuff that he must have said in private. I don't know how he didn't drop the f bombs in in public because of the, his demeanor. And we have an axe to grind with the left because their policies have been dominant in our country and. But it see, that's has the same thing. failed. That's the same thing as that, you know. No, we don't yeah, have yeah, to. Is. There is. We don't have. We have been running. Listen to the other side, dude. You've had I, the power. You, you we've been listening to your other side I, for eighty-five you, years. Eighty-five years. The same thing that you guys have had the legislative power. No, you've had the state power. I'm tired you've of had telling executive you. Branches over and Bull. over. We've even gone over the fact Bull. that you guys that had is the not power. Reagan never had a majority in Congress beyond. 60 senators. You can have at the House, which he didn't have. See, now you're making like little exceptions. No, man. It's legal fact. It's constitutional fact. The rules of the House and the Senate, you just saw the House. But, but, the, but take... this is the thing I'm talking about. No, man. As a democracy, when I start talking to you about, to when I start to, talking to you about we, legal we facts. You have to be able to come into the room. And the problem You have to come to the conclusion but that the, the policies you're more inclined with has only fo fostered and prospered. Poor poverty increasing. Can, can, can we agree on the neoliberal consensus of the '90s was a thing? Can we agree? That's because you were born. I'm can, from can the we, '60s. We, I was we, born can, in the '60s. Can we agree? You were born in the '90s or '80s? '90. 
actual 1990. Yeah. Same age as my son. So yeah, can, you can possibly we, can can't see like the third way Clintonites were a thing. Can we agree? He that, had majorities in the House and Senate. Can we agree that the neoliberal reforms happened and continued? You know to why Hillary Care was not passed, and then it became rebranded as Obamacare because he didn't have sixty senators. I want you to stop ignoring those facts. No, because. Dude, it's legislative facts. You're talking about a very specific party law. I'm talking about legislative rules. I'm no. talking about an ideology. I'm talking in about free legislative. Capitalism, please which understand. Dominated both it's very parties. easy. It's very easy. I know you want to go at a place where I have to put a stop to what you're saying, only because it's a sentiment. I have sentiments too, but I have the only thing that I have that you do not have, and those that you align with yourself temporarily is legislative law, constitutional law, that allows things to happen and become law. In other words, if you can't get your idea through a community onto the floor to vote, then you have to trick people into piling it on a huge bill, and hopefully nobody talks about your stuff. I'm going through that right now in Tallahassee. I'm 12 years into this. It's not fun. And... That's disgusting about about gaming shits of politics. When you are a minority party, as I've been since 1911, what have we done in the minority? Nothing. You can't point to a damn thing that we've been able to pass other than tax cuts, because eventually Democrats agree with tax cuts, because sooner or later, tax cut is stop feeling. You guys got Roe vs. Wade recently revoked. That was one of your big goals. I I grant you that the Supreme Court, by conservative judges, four Catholics, which makes me very proud to be a Catholic. We have a fifth Catholic, which was Sotomayor, who was against us. But anyway, five. So then drop the victim complex. No, that's not legislative victory. That's all I'm asking you. That is not a legislative attack. You actually gave me the perfect reasoning. Roe v. Wade was a case that gave the federal government excuse. It was only a case, it wasn't a law, to allow women to get aborted, abort their children in any state at any time for whatever reason. You can't keep a woman from getting an abortion in any state at any time for any reason. And guess what? In the real laws of jurisprudence, under the rules of a republic democracy as the Constitution stated, if it's not listed here... It goes to the states. That's what the Constitution says. In Amendment, I think it's eight. And there's another one. I, I'm, not, I'm afraid to say it because I'm afraid to misspeak. I think it's eight and ten or, uh, yeah, something like that. And it says that if it's not listed here, it goes to the states. Guess what? That means abortion. Every state should mandate what the limits, what the, what the state is willing to tolerate in terms of the development of the fetus and the termination of a pregnancy. And women just say, screw you. I can chop the top of the head of a child by letting it stick out just a little bit from the vaginal opening at the time of birth or okay, inject it with that, 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 that Late-term abortions like that? Obama voted, are, uh, uh, voted present. Those know. were not really protected most of the time. They and sucked then, the brains that, that out of the like kid. below 5%. That is like the minuscule Remember amount. what I told you when we started our shows? Is that you like to make stuff up? No. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, you can, you can do, you can disparage all you want, dilute or denigrate or deny. That's the only position you have 
as but a see, liberal. This is exactly what I'm talking so about. So what you did was this dilute exact, by only is, costing 5%, then you denigrate by either questioning the source like the other day so when, I, when radio, I put a source. How did I open my point today? If you can recall, I said that I see the same sort of victim complex on both sides of the aisle. I'm fighting for children that of unborn who can't scream and yell and say, don't kill me, don't kill me. That's my point. And that's women's point is the opposite. I have the right to kill a kid because I might find the guy super sexy and super handsome, but I don't want his child. Therefore, I could wait I, not, I, 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 I assure I can you, wait three I, months, I five you, months to abort. I assure you nobody recalls their abortion as a happy experience. Ask the person who survived one, okay? She's now the number one leader. There's multiple of them who were put in in wash basins and garbage cans and rescued by nurses inside the station and I, ran you t- and no, retired. No, 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 but that's not what I'm talking about. The people who get abortions, this is not a fun experience for them. This is a hardship. Yes. This, this Imagine is- for the child who survives one. Because they're leaders today. They're 40, 50 years old. Look them up on the internet. One's name is Ogden. And the other person's name is Lola. You don't remember my John Fetterman moment. But they're around the world giving speeches, having survived their mother's abortion. Listen to what those women are saying. Some of them have have been burned. But Christian. here's just the thing: that's a bad medical procedure. So it is. No, what here's the thing: Rand is Paul. That- what did Rand Paul say? They was in the national debate when he ran. No, sorry, not Rand. Uh, Ron. Ron. What did Ron say in the national debate in front of the whole world? It's a violent act. And nobody cared because he didn't get any votes. You know what I mean? He got, what, the same 10% he always gets. So, but he told us, abortion's a violent act. It's violence, whether you like it or not. I agree this. Since I'm a Catholic and my Catholics will drive, stand on their heads because life begins at conception. I understand all that. But I also understand a lot of people don't believe in God and could care less what I have to say about God because if you ain't like me in a coma, going in the afterlife, coming out out of consciousness, see, this, this all is that, exactly the no one cares. This is exactly but I will grant you this. You, I'm willing to accept. Are, I'm willing. i got to be public yeah. about this. I'm willing to accept that you've got just shy of two months to make a decision when it's a jelly I don't want to know about your jelly. I don't want to. Okay. When it's a jellyfish and the spine is not connected to the fetus itself, in other words, the brain is not connected to the rest of the body when it feels heat, pain, and suffering, I'm willing to accept abortion in that window when it's a jelly. In other words, like a, a, like a accumulation or a accumula- accumulation of cells, human cells that will become a human one day uh, w- within nine months. But in the gestation period, when it's a, uh, it's like a jelly and stuff. You know, it's just you know, there's a nuclei, there's a splitting of the of the chromosomes that happen within seconds of conception. All that stuff for a Catholic is life. It's the beginning of creation, the marvelous of the human being. And like Reagan said, you guys can only fight abortion because your parents didn't abort you. But see, this is where we come up when I said it's difficult for you to run on religion, Can't. because the Buddhist position is is that like it's a full acknowledgement that it's taking a life, but it's doing more harm to deny a woman the right to live her life because that's a life that's already settled so then ultimately here's the the ultimate question when it comes down to abortion is that whose life you, you can say jelly you know the primordial point 
that it's forming. I like, wanted the listener to uh, imagine a bunch of cells together, or a bunch in of the cells, or a person who's eight or nine weeks. Their but life. on the twelfth week, man, that's or a person time. who's already even living their life. And so for me, it's like that's an easy call. I, I have no problem saying the call of it's the person who's been living their life. Her life cannot come before its life who can't defend itself, okay? Now, if, if there's toxicity, and I know that that exists, it's happened in my family, where during the pregnancy, uh, the, the blood was getting toxic, and both mother and child were going to die, there's a, a decision to abort or not, and in this case, my family chose life, and the child is a wonderful child, but he, they were born at eight months, both of them. She had two pregnancies, and both were born at eight months because she was a childhood uh, diabetic. The mother was. So in those instances, she chose life, and both children were born but see, complicated. But that, that point that you already said is a capitulation to why abortion needs to be safe and legal. I get it. The back alley, the hangar, yeah. Like, Women you know, are going like, to... This isn't anyone who's like, woo, abortion. Like, this isn't like a very fun and exciting... Yeah, we could easily be real where there's 10, 20 kids, illegitimate kids that are just fatherless, homeless, living on the streets. It's that bad. In Brazil, it's that bad. I want to see what Lula's going to do about those or, and create massive... Look, here's one where I'm a socialist. Yeah. I believe the government should, in those situations that have already gone beyond the, par, the, the, beyond the pale of humanity, adults just failing... Abandoning their, their children, and they're in brudelos and they're in ghettos and they're in drug pens. Millions of children running around Brazil without parents, literally millions. I believe the government, probably the only government, either either makes love to the American Red Cross, makes love to the Baptist, Methodist, and the wonderful human humanitarian American Christian organizations to go in there and set up massive orphanages. I'm talking about massive. Like every other block is a freaking orphan, an orphanage of children all the way from kindergarten all the way to college. And maybe teach us here in the public school system how you can track a child from kindergarten all the way to college with a flash drive and every teacher knows the child's uh, abilities. I can see that. that, I feel like that's already the case with the phones. You, you don't even... That's the funny thing is that you wouldn't even need to plant microchips on people. They're just going to carry their phones everywhere. It's already happening. Uh. I sleep right next to my phone. My phone is under my pillow because I suffer strokes at three in the morning. So if my sugar goes down or high, it goes... Bah, 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 wakes my butt up and I either have to take an insulin shot or the opposite. You know? Or the opposite. My, my sugar is so high, I take the insulin shot, but if it's so low, I... Eat a piece of candy. Think about that. I live like. Do you have? Huh? Is it like candy with insulin? No, 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 no. That would drop it even farther. Okay. It's got to be just good old butterscotch. In my case, it's butterscotch. But but that's what I kind of like feel for the large part. I sit up and I sit up and slam it, and I sit there. Maybe I get up, go to the bathroom, da da da. But I I can't. My phone has to wake me up when the sugar's down to fifty because I go into a coma. I die. But it's like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say, like, I, I, I feel like Americans have to stop feeling like they're under attack. No, we're only uh, uh, under attack by the left. We could give a hoot outside of our borders what 
people think about America. You want to really know what America... That's exactly is that we feel under attack by each other. No. And it's driving us insane. My My right does not attack your left. We attack you verbally. We attack you in every way we can in terms of stopping your agenda from going forward or becoming law because they're all terrible, disgusting ideas that only brings more poverty. But... You guys attack us, man. You attack the abortion clinics. You throw rocks at stores. You BLM. You get all these shadow fronts funded by miscellaneous groups that you know what I'm talking about. And all of a sudden, you burn our towns for a whole summer because you hated Donald Trump. And and then you claim the guy with the horn and his selfie is insurrecting the Capitol. I mean, this is the real reality. That's war. That's a much simpler picture of what's happened. Shouldn't Donald Trump, honestly, you usually tell me Donald Trump. Hold on, hold on. I I, I want to respond to that. I want to respond to that. Yeah, because it was a good picture I pointed. It's it's a very, because that that just takes off one stuff from the picture. So to simply say that. That means I'm making sense and it's driving him crazy. No, it's because this country is a variety of classes, a variety of ethnic backgrounds, a variety of. You know, jobs that are all now variety of genders include that, that too. That are, sure, that are all competing with each other, right? And a lot of these groups have histories. They have histories of hangups, and sometimes they've been pit against each other. Well, blacks they were I remember forced vaccines back in the sixties. So when the COVID came, they said, "I ain't thinking that." But vaccine. then you can't get mad about when uh, when BLM does something. Because that is an expression of black frustration in this country. I believe you are. So you can't have it both ways. I believe you're you can't not be telling the truth. Why are they doing this? Because then they're I being like paid. When they, when they express themselves in they're this They're being way. freaking paid. Now, when you saw these disturbances. But here's the thing. The people rioting, that's not BLM. Come on. They were parking no, in pallets. This is such. They were, they I, were brick pavers. The rioters are. Come on. In B- your crowd. No, BLM are a bunch of canvassers who get paid by the Democratic Party. And their job is to water down, which is pretty much black power movement attitudes that have arisen from the anti-police movement. Right? It's their job to water it down. Okay, so who put the pallets in the streets, brick pavers piled up in massive quantities, every freaking corner, so anybody can grab it, pick it, and throw it at a storefront. Who did that? Who parked those pallets? Probably anarchists. Who parked those things? Probably anarchists. And you separate that from those who sponsor... Probably anarchists. And I, I, you separate that from the money behind the Democratic Party's yes, wishes. Yes, because anarchists... Dude, if you have met anarchists, if you had hung around them, yeah. you would look at these people and be like, yeah, they're not getting paid. Okay. So, Therefore, like, do, they, like, do, like, do, so, they, do they deserve a bullet in the head then? I don't like saying that about anyone. Yeah. I don't. Okay. I, I, that, that's so not how a, would the police... Defend against those people that you're probably talking about laser focused eyes of hatred and they're pissed off beyond I pissed mean, off. Does not tear what is a cop that? what is a cop to do? Just sit there and watch a rock coming to his head as they did? People died, man. Yeah. These people killed a lot of people. They killed one grown, grown retired police captain and shot him right in the head because he was taking care of his fr- his friend's pawn shop for some extra cash and he sat he sat in a chair and he got a took a bullet to the head in the middle of the night the guy walked right up to him how much money did that guy get for shooting that guy in the head like that what he wanted the stuff in the pawn shop that bad because the pawn shop wasn't raided well who is this guy do we know who he is he was, See, so you you can't just bring in a random assailant well, so now you're gonna imply that it's the political it's the cia because, no you you are asking about like 
this movement that does this thing. And I told you, people who usually aggress against the state like that or aggress against private property. How about it just aggress against... These are absolutely not Democrats. Against cop, cop hating. It's a cop hating thing for what they did to, to Floyd. It's all manifestations of that. Of course, the Democratic Party loved it and let it and even said, we'll bail you out, a la Kamala Harris, in public, we'll bail you out. We're going to bail you out because keep on throwing rocks. Who gave... Do you know who gave Derek and, Chauvin, per, who, who cut him off, or who cut him from any penalties for previous violations? I imagine... Uh, Amy Klobuchar. And how come she took credit for so, law and order there? Because so they're probably her, talking about both sides she of was their a, mouth. They're probably you're talking actually correct that in that, in, that, uh, so, in that part of Minnesota, she was... Uh, was it Minnesota? Minneapolis, right? Minneapolis, yes. Yeah. So she was it, it, a federal it's prosecutor. Like what I'm trying to tell but you... But don't personalize her because I know she's a Democrat. I love to blame her for a bunch of stuff. But the truth is, she gets you know uh, orders from above. You're a district attorney and all the... No, I mean, she, the, her, she, rules she was a big the, chief. She rules with the iron might of a stapler that she throws at her... She threw a bone to to. She threw she threw but a her, but, at the people uh, working for her. The officer uh, really didn't stand a chance once the video caught him controlling his. Uh, what do you call it when you when you have someone under arrest? There's a name for that name. Yeah, no. When you're someone's under when you're under the the, the care. <laughs> excuse the double speak. When you're under the arrest of a police officer and you're shaking and jamming and, sm- and smashing your head against the cages of the car on the floor on the street which apparently those videos I never see I sh- uh, they were shown in court but that we didn't see them we didn't see them in the public the knee the the knee action that's now been taken out of uh out of the I don't know manual that knee action was commonplace to per- to make a uh uh I can't say a villain cuz he's not convicted but the there's a name the word I'm meaning and the Fetterman moment is here. There's a word for that. Uh, I can't call him the assailant either. The person under arrest uh, to keep him from hurting himself. The knee is in the head because it's the only way to get a huge guy like Floyd, enormous man. He can, he could have kicked all four of those cops' ass, and they pinned him down and he started slamming his head, headbutting the back of the the uh, the, the cop car and the street. He was high on whatever the hell he was high on. And they stuck his knee in there, and then that what I saw from Chauvin, whatever his name was, the the, the part that convicted him. He had this uh, a joy because he was rolling his neck. His Cho- knee. Chauvin had various yeah, sort of you could see that he was enjoying the offenses shit. before for these. Sorts yes, of he was ha- he was trigger happy. I was told. Yeah, and he ne- is kind of like the cop, the the cop at the Capitol. He had many. Of- I, I, I guess this is how I feel: is that I want to solve these problems. Is that I feel like I spent the last, I want to say, eight years of politics fighting. And I felt as if it's like we were just fighting because, you know, we felt like we had no other option. We were fighting because it's like, well, if this is the system, if this is my enemy, because I had this idea that, like, bad things happen because there are bad people. Like, not because... We've been trained or taught certain attitudes. You know, what I want to do now is I want to be able to go to people who might live differently than me, who might work in different places or fields than me. And I want to find out how we can come out to something. You know, maybe this is the problem with the red and blue party sort of dynamic is that we have to oppose each other. 
or order for, you know, for running to work. But it's like, no, man, I want to hear from people who, you know, I want to hear from people in the National Guard. What do they need to be able to support themselves and feel incentivized to take up, which is pretty much a domestic defense position for the country and also for national emergencies? You know, that's a, that's a department that, like, I don't think we should get rid of by any means. When I see people who are, like, police officers, I can only imagine what that might be like sometimes. Every day. But Every with, day you can be shot right in the head, sitting in your car. With that sort of the thing. The is Black that they, the they Black can't Panthers, be treated as so separate. Obama's, they can't be treated so separate from the biggest supporter of the citizenry. And this is the problem, is that... Who were the guys that supported Obama in Chicago who... Uh, Killed the cop, uh, burned down a place in the 60s. I mean, do we want to talk about his friendship with Rahm Emanuel, who let the police get away with a lot of torture? Rahm uh, Emanuel, he's so a, I, I'm not he gonna, was a terrible man. I'm not going to believe Obama, uh, the second that Obama is somehow this anti-cop man. Uh, no, no, I'm talking about the the group, man. They both ended up uh, uh, the uh, husband and wife team. Oh, my God. Uh, they got away with, uh, you know. The death but see, these are individual cases. I, I'm don't, looking. Don't, no, these are individual cases. Wrong. When it comes to politics, you can't get the names wrong. It's in yeah, the no. news for Christ's sake. It's kind of part of it. Yeah, uh, it's a, a harsh reality for me because you can't get the stuff wrong. So I can't say what I I don't remember. But the, uh, 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 Christine Dorn, I think their last name was Dorn, Mister Mrs. Dorn. They were professors uh, in the school of Chicago. I don't know. Uh, I just anyway. Uh, it's it's funny. Uh, you remember Breitbart who who passed away on the street of a heart attack. He had a heart problem growing yeah. up. You know who he was having dinner with? Who? Dorn. Night Dorn. before. Yeah. And you know who was with him in the dinner? Who? And nothing happened to him. But only Do- only Breitbart died. Tucker Carlson. Oh, How about Tucker him? Carlson killed. Andrew Bryant. <laughs> Tucker Carlson Bro, are you, Andrew Are you covering for the Dorns or what? <laughs> and, you know, I'm just saying. It was, I want to be in charge of the She news was a now. great cook, I was I was told, on the grapevine, social media, you, that she actually missed Miss Dorn, Mrs. Dorn. I, I'm sorry if I keep on repeating that last name, but she was a president. I, I guess it's she, like what He wants something. I want to express that it's like I feel what I think most Americans are feeling is that we want to tackle these problems. It's like we want to really, really tackle them, but it feels like there are you want two to tackle sides them? of the country. You want to tackle both... them your way? No, because there is, there's listen. There's like 16 percent of the country who's very politically invested, and that it's the that same. Many? It's for the, it's for the left and the right. That Absolutely. The very far the uni- is that these are the politically the uni- invested. The uniparty, yes. I yeah. am, I'm a well so aware. These, of these are the very, very politically invested people, and they are very, very hung up in their identity. Like, you know, they're like, oh, I'm a traditional Christian. Um, or no, I'm, you know, I'm a anarcho-communist. You know, these are people who are very, very invested in these notions of who or what they are that, like, primarily means that they refuse to compromise on them. Okay. And it's, I, I think... And I understand how there are certain attitudes that you can't really compromise on. I get that. However, I feel like there are very practical things that the country can just be implementing. 
that most people might actually agree with. Like, take, for example, like, ending the war on drugs is something that most Americans want, and we've been going through and getting it. And we'll never, we'll never solve the drug problem. Well, you, we got to start treating it like a mental health problem. Like a health problem? Like, I, I, I don't think anyone, like, listen, if you're smoking a J and driving on the highway, you should definitely be pulled over. Like, it, it should be treated this way. Like, they... Like alcohol. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not for no consequence. Can I, yeah, can I say heroin? Yeah, there's nothing wrong. Like No bad word there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, listen, there should be consequences if you take heroin to school. There should be consequences for these things, but, like, more or less, like, what we've seen from the drug war is that these are very common sorts of things that people would use all the time back in the day that have become sort of a politicized target identity. And maybe I'm naive to think that politics can work without enemies. But it, Impossible. Yeah. That's complete idealism. Uh, but I one, feel that one of the things that you're going to always run into is that one side has to say to the other side, guess what? Our our methods has not worked. And to be able to say that in politics is so absolutely impossible. Thus, the reason why I wrote the book I wrote, because I was never going to accomplish that. I could criticize it all I want, which I did. I went and went and went and went and went and went and this failed, it's failed, it's failed, it's failed, it's failed. The war on poverty has created more poverty in this country, and we have no excuse to be as poor as we are in many aspects of our society, considering all the advancements we have. My God, you and I had to go, I I had to put 10 cents in a copy machine and copy microfish documents from the Central Library in Miami. Now the kid just goes to the phone. My God, if you can't create a, a business right there off your phone, I'm seeing it every day, I'm wondering... How in the hell are you doing it? Because, my God, I don't, I, I don't get it, you know, that, my God. I mean, you, you know, it's, oh, But I think that'll it's, never happen in politics. So to finish my statement, I wrote the book on reinventing the United States with great ideas that I asked the reader, don't talk to me about it. Don't debate me about it. Make it happen. Do what you can to make these ideas happen because these ideas Affect, effectually, will be greater than its effects. And that's the whole theme. And I don't believe anybody's writing that way. I don't think anybody's going that way. I don't think anybody's taking the risks that way of writing what I write. Because I'm definitely going to piss off the left. And at the same time, I'm going to annoy the right. Because the right, since they're desperate for power, popularity, and majority status, the Republicans, they're going to say... Oh, no! The idea isn't mine. And I get that. I know it here. As an operator of WSQF Blink Radio, I went to this extent because I felt I lost my freedom of speech in the United States of America. I didn't cry about it. I didn't throw rocks. I didn't protest. I didn't riot. I bought my speech back. What I lost for one mile, I bought back for 10. And now I've run into the radio socialist, who has his unanswerable grievances. So let me know. Well, I, I think there's there's a certain truth that it's kind of an unanswerable grievance to want to suddenly undo the entirety of the last 
a hundred years of politics is kind of you would need like a po- political force of will. You need Moses. Yeah. And guess what? Moses would be executed because they would treat him like they treated Donald J. Trump, and all he did was put people back to work, and everybody hated well, his guts. Would kill God, um, would kill people for working on the Sabbath. Here we go. <laughs> and he never made it to the promised land. He was punished for making it about him. God didn't allow it to happen. Remember the yeah. the sea turned blue red and all. Well, Moses says, "Hey, remember, it's about your Lord and Savior. It's about me, not you. Don't make it about you, or else you ain't getting to the promised land." And guess what? Moses never made it to the promised land. Do you think America is the promised land? And um, Moses never made no, it. No, I, I don't. I think America is our land. Our land is your land. Yeah. your land is mine. I think land. America is our land, and um, and that's kind of how I know. Like I've been all over the country. And I, I usually see the same sentiment, is that people just don't feel like they're being looked out for. And But why you know, would you want to feel that way? How what? about individual liberty? Because there there are people who are Couldn't always, you say, can't people you are say? always looking after themselves. You know, it's people are social animals. You know, man is a political animal. That's what But it won't change. So are the animals out there in the jungle. They're out there fighting for themselves. You see those wild videos, man. My God, social media is brutal. The videos they show you of how beasts gobble each other up right there in the wild. You know, these Komodo dragons coming up to a dog in someone's home. And how in the hell is a Komodo dragon even close to residential neighborhoods? Have you seen magpies Boom! They eat the dogs. Have you seen the magpies in Australia? No. They're like these really aggressive birds. They're like, imagine if seagulls just wanted to attack you in Cuba. And, they, and, they, they they, and that's how they are in Australia. They're like the nastiest birds. Jeez. And they're defending, I imagine, their, 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 their eggs. Their, 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 uh... I think they're just pissy sometimes. <laughs> they're just pissy sometimes. And you wonder, wow, what makes us think that it isn't, that isn't our life as well? Just because we wear clothes, because we're more sophisticated, because we love, we have intimacy. We, But man. No, because I, I, I don't think it's like that. I, I think it's because like. Humans Remember, are, we're the number one no, yeah, breed I, on the planet that kills think, its own. Because I think humans are tribe animals, right? Lions and I tigers don't kill each other that, the rate that, that humans we, do. We can kill each other. However, like, you know, it's it's always kind of been a constant that, like, we work together. Like, you know, you know it's the worst form of torture? It's called communism. But you know, that's a funny. That's a funny one-liner. I'll hand you that. Okay, it's a funny. But like, I want you to answer. Do you know what the most intense form of torture that people don't emotionally recover from? Probably the the water drip. No. The I don't know. I don't know. Solitary the... confinement. Oh yeah, your, your brain. Solitary confinement breaks your... people's minds. Yes. So, um, to me, I, can I see, see that, especially see, if you have claustrophobia. So I see that as very emblematic of like the human animal and nobody better at solitary confinement than communists. They'll put you away for the longest I mean, time. You're adv- if I could be snarky, it sounds like that's what you're advocating through policy. No, man. <laughs> uh, quite frankly, you can't accuse me of that because I, I see the American left and the deep state incarcerating in solitary confinement, a great deal of January. I mean, we, we, we can't, Look how you're we interrupting can't be me. and pro-solitary Look, man, you can't accuse can't me of be that both. because I'm very offended by all those people on January the 6th 
uh, in solitary confinement as we speak. And there's no jurisprudence, no no no, no cases have been uh, filed against them. There's no court case. Uh, a few have committed suicide already. It's not, and that's going on right here, right now I mean, in the United States. I was, you know, many people. I was a big anti-torture advocate. Who knows what they're doing the to those people? Who knows? Who knows how so many it, people it, they tortured? Like, would you join us in abolishing torture? Uh, what, are you talking about waterboarding? Just like you know. Methods that we're going to do to inflict on political prisoners is something I'd want to end. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I can't support it because I don't believe the people that, of course, you can always get me on. I don't know who is guilty of these things in the war on terror. We run into some real nasty terrorist people and we want to break them and break them bad because if we don't, they're going to break us, and they're going to break us bad. They'll take that. What's interesting? They'll take a whole plane Man, down. Man Dog Mattis himself was a big, you know, after seeing torture in action throughout the war on terror, he became like, you know, this is unnecessary. We don't have to do it. Like, because yeah, happened, but by, by then it does, it does two things. This is what torture does psychologically. Like, it does two things. It makes people tell you what they want to hear to what make you, it, the torturer, wants to th- hear. Yeah, like if you're being tortured, you tell the person what they want to hear. To make it stop, right? And then secondly, like, you know, you're told, oh, this is the great Satan of the West. You know, the evil Americans. And the moment they get their hands on you, they're, like, throttling you. They're hurting you. Like, what's more effective is to get them to lower that guard. I'm sure they try that as so, well. You know, this, this has worked. This I'm is, sure there's stages before the torture. Work. I don't think and, they go straight into torture. And do you know who's been kind of tortured by solitary confinement? Julian Assange. Oh, poor man. So, I, I when I first heard his story, I would say that I wasn't. Same with Snowden, I I knew that there was a story behind the story, and I didn't believe anything the press was telling me, and I I believe he was connected, well connected with really hardcore intelligence officers and people who can get him information to be able to prove that central governments big central governments, big intelligence services like those in the United States. Some people will agree that also includes the Scotland Yard and the, the, the secret intelligence of, of France, Australia, all the, you know, the G8 big boys. That proves that we were insidious about finding out the truth behind the, seven, the September 11th attacks. When in fact... We were looking for proof that frayed away from the real culprits, you know, the Saudi the well, kings. What, uh, what Snowden had revealed is that uh, the Saudi kings and those the, the involved NS- in our allies of Saudi Arabia, my yeah. God, all the terrorists came from there. Is that the NSA had effectively created like a giant search engine for everything on the, on the Internet that they could search for anything incriminating from anyone they didn't like and bring that up. That's that's, that, 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 that's um, harsh. And this was put together by... That's like, a really stone-cold reality. Because if a person like me were to say something like that, I would immediately be, by your crowd, called the kook. And yet, it's so obvious that there's a search engine that can pretty much pin down you, me, our, our, our backstory, our history, and make up stuff and just make it. Comes out in the press as real... 90% of the people would believe it before you know it you're done 
and it's too late to get your reputation back, your credibility back, your family security back, your credit back. Uh, I can see that. I can see that so uh, it, presently ongoing. I can see that. I feel like Snowden has been a little bit, how do I put this, like less complicated. Well, he was a Assange. subcontractor. I can imagine the access that he had as a subcontractor. Well, like, you know, I, I think Snowden acted more responsible than Assange. Like, I, I understand Assange has been, like, hounded by, like, the the deep... St- he's, he's a true victim of the deep state. If wow. You he must be crazy by now. Oh, he is. He, he's, he's bonkers. Still, he, he's, still not, he's still not in the, uh, the United States, correct? No, uh, I think he's After in... After the embassy, he went to Britain. Ecuador. It was when I last heard of him. He was in the Ecuador. No, but he requested... No, he's he's already been taken out of the the embassy. Let's check. I think he's in a British penitentiary in the outskirts of the UK somewhere and waiting for extradition to the United States because we want him bad. And I think in the process, they've, they have him in solitary confinement and we haven't heard from him because he's no longer in the embassy. He was taken from there. And I don't know exactly how they did it, but they got him. So they just want him to shut up and he's probably being tortured right now to find out where all his stuff is. And he obviously knew that day would come. He hung the he he stood his ground, and he must be he must be insane by now. He was in the Ecuadorian embassy. No, but that's he's been he he's, he's no longer there. Ecuadorian embassy period. He's not he's not there now. Put where is he now? And you'll see that it's in a British cell of some sort. He's not allowed to go anywhere. He's stuck somewhere, probably in a nasty place where everybody around him is on uh, is on death row or some shit. It's dark, some dark penitentiary somewhere. I don't know the details, but I believe it's the UK. And I don't know why he's already in the United States. Maybe he already is brought here secretly. I'm no, gonna... they, they wanted to kill him recently. There was a leaked Pentagon paper where they were considering shooting the tires on a plane that he was going to be on. That seems like a very primitive way of taking someone out. Just take the whole plane. Yeah, I know. Shoot the plane out of the sky. Uh, I don't... I don't. Um, You're right. He's in London. He's in Belmarsh. The prison there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the last we heard of him. I'm sure that he's under so much duress and from stuff they've injected in him, the stuff they said to him, to the water. God knows what the British intelligence is doing to him. But they want us. They want the source. They're making him eat British food. Ah, that'll do it. Yeah, man. I remember being in Britain, in London, eating a beautiful restaurant, and of course, I I asked for the London broil. Me being a tourist. Oh, how cool was that? Oh my god, that that is, it's my bad cooking on a good day. <laughs> uh, I really was amazed. I didn't, didn't want to believe it at first. And it's amazing how they don't have cuisine. I, I don't understand that. Now you know why they had to occupy India. <laughs> and a, a good joke, man, because Indian food is delicious. It's a shame it's so, it's so spicy, man, and I love it. But, my God, Indian food is a lot of fun to eat. It's a, it's a real joy to go to an Indian restaurant. I used to love going to the House of India with my parents. I couldn't afford it, obviously. My parents would take me. And uh, it, it survived the times, man. It survived for a long, long, long time. And it finally closed. And I believe it's because the landlord's real estate value went up so high, it didn't make sense to keep it as a restaurant. But, yeah, so that's that's the situation. That's the low in our lives that we 
can't really tell the other side, me being on the right, that society itself is very liberal, how it behaves, me included. Uh, how we run our lives is not exactly, you know, strict. I'm not, I'm not a strict constitutionalist, and I'm not, uh, I, I believe in uh, freeing up a lot of pen, uh, penitentiary beds for, for drug offenses because in the end, someone wanted to consume that. And for me, it's supply and demand much more than it is, you know, drug dealing. It's probably the business that makes the most money these days and it always has been for decades. And when you I would say centuries. Huh? I would say centuries probably. Well, since you're a hipster, could you explain to me what you mean by centuries? Um, centuries. Like, like people probably yeah, been on yeah. drugs for opium, hundreds the of opium, hundreds. The opium wars. Yeah, yeah, we go as far back as you can. You're absolutely right. So I'm not that strict. Uh, I believe the war on drugs is an abject failure because it's allowed the narco-terrorists to fund their operations and their communist influences, FARC being one of them. They got so big that... Uh, President Santos of Colombia did a deal with Fidel Castro to harness uh, negotiations to embrace these people as a legitimate uh, group that had uh, voices like you talk about that actually are being heard. They got seats in their parliament. The higher-ups got to live in um, in Cuba in the most lavish American homes from the 40s and 50s. They were paid... The Cuban government was paid I don't know how many millions. I think it was like 10 or 20 million a month to make sure that these guys were in the safest conditions and they weren't knocked off, part of these agreements. And what did Colombia get from it? Oh, the war on on drugs was subsided? No, they got six or seven representatives in the parliament representing communists, and those who are in Cuba are probably fat and dumb and, uh, and dumb, still doing their nasty, nasty work. And look, they were able from over there to fund... Petro's campaign, and now he's president. Akami. And um, unfortunately, communism isn't really the, the, the voodoo doll that I claim it is until it's in power. Then you realize, oh my God, whole cities are empty. Abandoned cities, millions f- leaving the country. It's a silent killer. The left, all types of socialism are silent but deadly killers, like termites, eating away at the foundation of any civil society. No matter where it goes, it does the same freaking thing. And you know what I was thinking? I was thinking I, about I, I our show. Like that's, Time out. I'm on a point here. I'm afraid okay. to lose. Okay, okay. I was thinking about our show today, and I was thinking of, obviously, uh, what you were going to say and maybe what I was going to counteract with. But since you haven't said it, I don't really have the, this counterpoint I wanted to make. But there's something historical about the fact that when America fights for the, for the right reason, it definitely creates as an affect, not an effect, of losing a war. It creates something far greater than losing the war. Okay? South Vietnam, in contrast with North Vietnam. South Korea, in contrast, in contrast with North Korea. All of Japan, after World War II, after bombing them to smithereens. Taiwan over mainland China after losing, after Kan Chai-chek loses to Mao Zedong. East Germany, West Germany, after giving up Germany, splitting it in half with the left, let the communists ruin East oh, Germany. Right. You get my point? We do think, and guess what? 
it always comes back to Cuba before and after communism. Because there is no after communism. It's just Cuba before Fidel Castro. What a beautiful, incredible, vibrant, progressive, that word progressive, country that Cuba was. Had so many advances over the United States. It led the United States in so many ideals. And yet, there it is. Alcatraz. And guess what? Did it lend credence to Latin America for the last 60 years? Stop kissing his ass. Stop kissing the Castro regime's ass as the great David against Goliath. Was it, did you, does Latin America really benefit from hating the United States, kind of like half of America hating Trump so bad? Was it really worth it? Did you really enjoy beating Trump, prosperity, minorities working, low, lower taxes, a dollar, a dollar eighty? Was it compared to what you have now? Graph, public graph, Hunter Biden running around with millions of dollars. I, I think land Americans have a right to make all of those mistakes. Yes, they should. Because that's freedom and autonomy. Yes. Colombia's experiencing it now, and Venezuela <laughs> is already 20 years into that mistake. And I see the storefronts. I was sent a video today that was mind-boggling. It reminded me of what Cuba was in 1970. And then I still have the videos of today, or what Cuba is now. It only gets worse, folks. Once you don't admit that, the, that your unanswerable grievance is exactly unanswerable, it cannot be solved by anything other than individual liberty, which is the point I'm trying to make it with my fair weathered friend, the radio Alejandro, is until you pick yourself up by the bootstraps like my father did in 1960 and 61, my mom in 61 and my, mom and my dad in 60, and go through all those things that my parents went to. Man, they even died, uh, you know, harshly. My father with intense Parkinson's with his diabetes that I have. My mom with cardiac Alzheimer's from high, continuous, continuous high blood pressure and panic. My mom had high anxiety her whole life. I don't blame her. She was married to my dad 55 years. You know, it is what it is. These marriages take a beating on you. And too many in my generation have copped it out. And through our, through our onus of being a minority, we've allowed the majority to tell us that women have the right to choose, women have the right to the divorce, women have the right to the workplace, women have, it's their body, my choice, what is it, my I life, mean, my choice. men also have the right to divorce. Huh? Men also have the right to divorce. They do. Yeah. <laughs> and, but they are not even close to 60% is female divorce because women are in the workforce. Therefore, they have more reasons to divorce than, than to stay in the marriage. And it wasn't that way uh, in, in 1969 and before where, you know, more than six, 70% of the nuclear homes stayed together. Feminism does not benefit this country one bit. Women have felt... Like they've been able to I, advance. I, I, ha- I have a definition for feminism. But before you before you say that, before you say that, are you the same Alejandro that than you would have been had your parents w- would be divorced? Because I'm not. I'm not the same. My I parents, mean, your parents were, didn't divorce, right? Fifty four years together. So here, here's They're, my definition of feminism, and it's not a very like political gotcha one. It's women thinking about their existence. It's philosophy on womanhood. Right? Come on, man. Yeah, like, don't be I, so I, shallow. Be but, 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 no, but there, there's, conser- there's man. conservative feminism. There po- is liberal feminism. 
There is all these sorts of... Give me of something better than that. That was lame. Not really, because I think about um, a lot of these people who've like even been really invested. And um, Do you know about Anita Bryant? Do you know about the transgender guy who just won the, uh, the beauty pageant? Okay, so Anita Bryant was... What do women tell Anita you? Bryant was a conservative kind of anti Yeah, she was, and she was an unanswerable grievance, freakazoid, anti-war, hated, hated the United Bryant? States. Anita Bryant was an anti-LGBT activist. Yes, she was. Yeah. But you tell me she was pro-America, pro-everything? But very much what I was saying, like, you know... What was interesting about what she okay, was doing? Okay, excuse me. Is that she was she closer to Jane Fonda, which is I think people. No, have, she was not. Okay, um, very important that because I, she was in you a very religious marriage that her husband was beating her, and it, she took out her anger out on the gays. So when, when I while th- pushing oranges, yeah, while pushing oranges, orange juice, Florida orange juice. So, so to me, it, it seems like you know very much that like. A lot of people who get really mad about certain but groups of people. But if her husband was a religious guy, why was she blaming the gays? I don't get it. Because she needed an outlet for her anger. Oh, but tell the audience that's, that. That's, yeah. I, uh, I because didn't, you didn't cross the bridge. And, and, um, and that's really how I feel like a lot of these times when I hear people kind of talk about stuff that's like super personal, like divorce and why we have to change our, like, you know, our policy nationwide for it. Like, I, I've noticed that a lot of guys who, like, are you familiar with the men's rights movement? I don't think I'm, I've never been a participant of it, I believe. The, um, these are guys What was the name of the big organization that, that met in a stadium? A uh, bunch of men. I don't know about that one. I have a friend of mine but who, a, a had, who of attended, this, and he really enjoyed it. A lot it. of this group in particular are men who can't get women or divorced angry men. And then you, or even women who don't like other women. And then when you really get down to a lot of the feminist groups, a lot of the times, you're going to see, like, you know, very politically actively engaged lesbians or, you know, very ambitious women who want to take charge in their relationship. Like, you know, when we usually start talking gender politics, we're talking about, like, the most unanswerable of all unanswerable grievances. Like, the unanswerable grievance... To end all unanswerable grievous, because most of the time, people just—I feel like people should just be like allowed to get married and allowed to leave the person they're unhappy with, and allowed not to be discriminated. And that th- is the most those, that we can do for gender. And you haven't gotten to that chapter in my book, have you? Because I answer that one too. It's the most important book of its time, and you haven't got there yet. But I, I, I just think that's a bad idea to target divorce. Like, divorce serves its purpose. Not unless you listen to what divorce I have to say. Divorce serves its purpose. Not unless I, you I, read I the like chapter. I feel like you can say that. I can feel it, like can you can it, say that. Can it be reinvented? That's, to what? You'd have to read the book. Share with the audience. I unfortunately have done that so often on this, on this channel because, you know, there's another 23 hours where I can talk till I'm blue in the face. I believe that I give you the historic perspective of how no-fault divorce came to be. It was signed by Ronald Reagan as governor of California. And it propelled divorce in such a manner that he himself, later on in his life as president, he said the biggest political mistake I made in my life was siding with the feminists and passing California's Family Act of 1970. In that act, it galvanized, propelled 
feminists who are really angry with their marriages to lie in court because there's no mitigating circumstances and it was allowed to be called irreconcilable differences in all the divorce papers to this very day. It spread from state to state to state pretty quickly. And the, the, the last holdout of the no-fault divorce law was very, uh, very recently when a, uh, a nearsighted blind governor, ironically speaking, I'm only saying, I'm only highlighting his disability only because I can't remember his damn name, governor of New York, who passed no-fault divorce, I believe, in the early 2000s, from 1970. Last holdout. Liberal state, you would, it's ironic, but I guess because of the wealth at Wall Street, uh, too many guys are saying, don't you dare, don't you dare, I'm not going to be giving up half my assets to her because she's got another man, or she caught me with another woman. So there's... I call for the reinvention of the no-fault divorce, and I call them family failure packs. So if you want to divorce, but you want custody, and you're also the person seeking the divorce, you have a higher threshold to have custody of your children in court. In other words, you want my children? I'm a, I'm a dad who wants his children. I'm not one of those dads that, that flee. Not one of those dads that abandons, and I'm not one of those dads who doesn't give a shit. Ship, ship, give a ship. I'm a person, who, and I think more men should be like me. I believe that I'm a trailblazer in that regard because I have two beautiful children as a divorcee, and I have uh, every reason to believe my kids are going to make it because I was around. I was a father to them every day and every way. But when I went through the family procedure, I realized, wow, I went through both, too. I went through two types of family procedures, not both, one in an unmarriage and one in a marriage. And I got to see the whole gamut of what a racket it is for the court system. They, on the, uh, with the auspice that whose, under whose care were the children most likely not be dependent on the state in the future? It used to be the woman in their minds until the proof showed decades go by to have the mistake, like you said about Latin America, they're, they're entitled to make that mistake. Women, American society has put men under hostage and made them pay to raise their children. That's called child support. And guess what? The affect negatively on American society has been men flee. I ain't paying to raise my kids. I ain't paying to correct their bad habits. I ain't playing. I ain't gonna pay while my wife uh, spoils the hell, my ex-wife spoils the hell out of them. I'm not gonna pay because my wife doesn't make them do their homework. They're with her all the time. Why should I uh, pay for for their their failure? Well, guess what? Now we're talking something about spirituality, about faith, about fortitude. Uh, all the disputes, God forbid, the boyfriend that comes into their life and starts raising them as well, uh, the uh, the woman who feels that this man really is going to take care of her children and care for them while she's not around, turns out he's violating them, abusing them, stuff like that. It has destroyed the American fabric in this society. Destroyed it. It's torn at the American denim, what used to be Levi denim. It's now... 
impermeable, uh, which was once once impermeable, is now a leaky, cheap polyester suit. But there's always been like, do you know? Because here's the problem. Do you know why prohibition happened? Wait, wait, wait! You're jumping from no, that, no, 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 no. It's directly related. It's directly related to this. You better make that connection. It will. Do you know why prohibition happened? Women were tired of seeing their men at the bars and beating them and beating them up drunk. So, so here's the thing: when like men came out, guess what they did as the first at the moment when, they so got. So when men came out against the prohibition movement, it didn't mean anything to anybody. No, because to yeah, half yeah, the no, population. No, 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 because no, no, the prohibition movement was only ended. When feminists came forward and said, this has been a mistake. Yes, it was. Because the concern that was happening, because everyone had known, is that all these men had drinking problems, and all of their aggression was taken out on their wife. There are totally ways that like, we can perhaps improve the family unit in the United States, but the reality is, is that men are far more likely to abuse women. Which is why... Well, they're physically stronger. Which is why the court is slanted, perhaps unfairly and sometimes... But in this way, because it reflects that reality. It did then. It doesn't now. And it hasn't been such for probably 30, 40 years. Men are much more educated, much more interested in being the, the neighborhood uh, baseball coach, football coach, and coach in general. And they're less likely <laughs> to get really, I would love to say the word. It just It's just like a perfect place for the, f- the word, the F word. They're not likely... Fire. Yeah, the men are more likely to freaking not drink because they got other drugs to do. Alcohol is kind of a messy thing. You really don't have control of anything when you're drunk. You know, what you say, what you do, how you drive, uh, how you get dressed, how do you take off your clothes, how do you get into a warm bed. You can't do any of those things when you're spit drunk, especially if you're puking all over yourself. So alcohol is just a, a tacky uh, inhibitor of what's really ailing you. So... Do you know what, what he's the, saying for everybody in the audience is feel free to blaze stop it with drinking. your kids. Stop drinking. Feel free to blaze it with your kids. Be a dad. That's what I'm saying. I think uh, you dishonor. Pass what, your son the bong. Yeah. Pa- uh, you know, just go and pass gas, I think is what you, what you just did. Uh, be a dad, man. Just father your children. I think anybody who knows me, whether they like me or not, know that I've been a dad. I'm a hardcore dad. I've been in my kids face all the time i'm not their friend believe me you can ask my son who's 30 and my daughter who's 21 22 you can ask them my dad is not my friend no way i'm not his they're lovey-dovey i love to encourage them and compliment them and, and laugh with them and joke with them and do stuff with them but i'm not i'm not out there buying them expensive stuff kissing their asses making them feel like they can have whatever they want uh, sitting around telling them lies about how great they are when they're stinking up the joint. And I think my, my kids, whether they like it or not, they're getting it straight from me because the last thing I want them to do is travel, even for a moment, in any of the paths I traveled because they're not fun. What looked like was fun wasn't fun. But what do women do when they give them the right to vote for the first time? Vote to defend their bodily autonomy. Go on. Prohibition. Yeah. They voted to illegal, uh, make alcohol illegal. And what, what ensued after that? Bootlegging, black marketeering, all the rules of the trade of today's cocaine trafficking, marijuana trafficking, all those laws were created. Uh, what I mean is societal laws, not 
legal laws on how to traffic in bootlegging stuff. Such as the, such if you're the, saying we put in, shouldn't put women on the pedestal, I agree with you. No. I, I, I just think we should you're hear projecting, them out. You're projecting onto me what you're thinking in your head. No, 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 no. I'm just saying this is my own attitude. Like, well, you're you're basically saying we should have never given them the right to vote. Women should have never voted. No, man. You don't take that barefoot pregnant argument somewhere else. It's not here. <laughs> Women reacted in uh, with something they had cherished and wanted for a long time in a very impulsive societal uh, ill-speak, misguided speak, because they were tired of their drunk husbands on the street, not working, not making a living, and beating them. Guess what? That wasn't the way to go. You had to stand, bu- stand back and say, you know what? This damn booze is everywhere. Illegalizing it is going to tear the country apart, as it did. And thank God, it became, it was repealed. Prohibition was repealed. By women in the movement as well. Well, I, uh, you know what? I, I'm going to give you that one because I, I don't have anything to dispute. I, I, no, no, no. I, don't have I, anything I like, to like talking it. about prohibition for this one reason. I believe... Is that it lets us escape momentarily in the United States. It lets us momentarily escape the discussion of women as completely helpless. That this was a moment that women that completely decided what to do and then not to do it. Like, it shows that the United States is a country that... Yeah, for all its flaws, eventually gets gives, it right. women, gives women the right to engage politically, which is ultimately why we listen to women, because it's like they are half the country. Not only half the country, but they're the creators of life, my God. I wish women would be more on my side than your side, only because I'm doing with this station, with my book, with my everyday occurrence and my example, as I said this morning in another radio show that we had, it's not really uh, guiding people to the path of happiness, but widening, widening the path to happiness. My job in my life at this stage in my life, pretty much a great deal of my life, whether you like me or not, is to widen the path to happiness. Because everybody has their own happiness, so why am I going to lead you to happiness? Your happiness is very different than mine. Some people don't want to be happy. There are some people that rather be right. I I know what that's like. I realize that, oh my God, the more right I am, the more happy I'm going to be because I can't, unhappy I'm going to be because the, right, the wrong is running the show. I know I'm right about very certain things that I can see that are obvious to me, but they're not obvious to others. And that's majorities on very important topics. It's led me to Blink Radio 94.5. FM. So I'm in that point in my life where it doesn't matter how stupid and apathetic you are as long as I am not. And uh, when I mean you, my radio socialist, my true blue young gun Bolshevik, a lot of people choose to be happy on the wrong. They make up lies, they make up realities, and they go about happier than me, I guess. Sometimes. You know what that's called? The kids have a name for that. It's called Doomerism. Doomerism, like uh, is that a character in a cartoon? Debbie Downer and her boyfriend Doomer? They've Uh, drawn a little cartoon character for him, actually. And it's like a guy in a hoodie. 
Okay. And he's smoking a cigarette with a little beanie cap on. Oh, there's a cartoon. They, they've drawn little cartoons of him on the internet, and he's called the Doomer. Oh, I don't know well enough. No, I'm confusing him with something else. But yeah, do you are you more are you a fan of the Doomer? No, I, I think the Doomer is. I think I'm boring him because he's back on his Game Boy. I I I I, I reject the Doomer. Uh, more important, like alongside my like you know my attitudes that politics needs to be egalitarian to function. Um, I also strictly reject uh, Doomerism as a point. Like it's a point that I make a principle of is I reject Doomerism at all times. Okay, but man, now. You've highlighted it perfectly. The audience is saying what I'm saying. Tell me more. It's pretty much just that. It's like a very simple idea that like things are screwed and you can't unscrew them. So, like for instance, uh, for instance, you got yourself water but didn't get me water. Get me actually a cup. All right. See the guy. He's a doomer. What's the magic word? You're a doomer. What's the magic word? I haven't received the water yet. Magic word. I would say thank you once I have it. You know, the guy's the pits. You know, this is what it is. Radio socialism, free stuff, free water, and hell with me, the provider. He's of not the wa- saying that I actually brought water today to the studio. Yeah. We haven't consumed this water yet. It's warm, and it's not warm and fuzzy. It's just warm. Look, now I got a glass. Thank you. Oh, please, please, please. That's what you wanted. I forgot. Yeah, what yeah, was yeah. it the thank you? Was... Yeah, it was the police. Okay, Doomer. <laughs> Freaking Doomer. All right, would you continue with your Doomerness while I drink uh, some so cold, dumb. wonderful water that I pony up here for free so we can all blink once? I said it, blink twice. You missed but, it. Like, yeah, it, it. It's a large reflection that um, brings me back to the topic that I started with, which is that I feel like we have to be a little bit more optimistic and hopeful and less less on edge and less negative because i think it feels like at a point that there was a kind of a need to accept that something was happening in the country you know there was a need to accept after the global recession that we could not continue to spend money the way we could we couldn't continue to think of you know this reaganomics Trickle down. Trickle down, or as uh, Senior called it, voodoo economics. Voodoo. Uh, George Bush like, Sr. Yeah, we, we, we had to kind of start rethinking about where we're headed in order to pull ourselves out of it. But now I kind of, I greatly feel that, you know, being negative and being angry and being, you know, hostile. With an unanswerable grievance. Yeah, that everyone is capable of. Of having unanswerable grievances? Yeah. Yeah, me in front of the refrigerator. I just, I'm not even hungry and I'm eating. That's an unanswerable grievance. I have a complaint. Why is that sitting in my refrigerator for so freaking long? I can't believe I bought that two days ago and I haven't eaten it. It's over. I'm solving this problem and I'm eating it. And you know what I did that? I did that today. I came back from my lunch. had a wonderful lunch today with my morning show host, by the way. Uh, uh, detoxify your mind is back on the air here on Blink Radio, uh, eleven o'clock on Wednesdays, three Wednesdays a month, for the preparations of her epic talks. Her name is Melissa Wagi. Tune in. The I'm sure that the the recording of that conversation with her uh, guest speaker is will be up tomorrow on WSQFRadio.com on the archives. So after having lunch with her, wonderful lunch. But my God, I was full. 
I had a wonderful lunch, and I wasn't exactly adhering to no carb, no sugar kind of stuff. I cheated. I had pasta. It was a beautiful lasagna, and a diabetic is not allowed to have pasta, period. Sure yeah, enough. Carbs is just sugar. And oh, my God. Wheat, it metabolizes so, yeah. worse, uh, as bad as potato. And all of a sudden, before I get home, beep, 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 my monitor going off like a freakazoid. Sure enough, 320-something sugar. Immediately take my sugar that's, shot. That's a fun But one. when I'm in the refrigerator grabbing the sugar shot, which is Novolog, fast-acting insulin, I ate, can you believe it? I took the shot and I ate a coleslaw, gourmet coleslaw from the same restaurant that I was eating at. And I downed it, waiting for the radio socialist to text me telling me, we'll be on at 5. That's real eating disorder that is an unanswerable grievance. I have this problem that I can't understand that food with sugar in any form, because you know the coleslaw has sugar in it too, will drive my sugar. It's an unanswerable grievance. It's a fact that I can't ever overcome it metabolizes in your body that dries up my sugar and guess what that only leads to what folks say it clear dialysis it leads to dialysis and dialysis is a pain in the butt two or three times a week you got to sit on a machine for two or three hours i know that what's like because i i before my intense diabetes i was a pretty avid Two or three times a year, plasma donor. But plasma is over an hour compared to giving blood, which is 20 minutes. They extract the plasma from your blood, so you actually sit there for longer. So I can imagine dialysis is three or four hours because my kidneys suck. Because I've had high sugar for decades and decades and decades. That's an unanswerable grievance that I have to just argue with myself and say, Hey, man, you, there's no answer to that. Get off the freaking sugar food. Get off anything that even resembles. I've done pretty good. I fell in love with something that I discovered just recently. A sugarless creamer. Wow. Coconut tasting, funny tasting, but no sugar. And I can put it in my coffee. Took me a long time to find that kind of creamer. There's other creamers out there, but it metabolizes like, like half and half, which is the slowest metabolizer. So get off Game Boy. Um, you know, uh, when you keep saying freakazoid, I always think about this TV show that I grew up with. Um, it was, uh, it was kind of interesting because, uh, freakazoid was very sort of like ahead of its time. It was actually about a boy who gets sucked into the internet, which turns him into a superhero called freakazoid. And it was kind of full of like a, a lot of satire about Bill Clinton because it came out around the nineties. Which is funny. Um, okay. I was thinking. Don't of, get me started. It's too late in the show to get on. But get I, on Blue Clinton. But Blue. I, 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 re- I really loved. Um, everyone has to learn. Ex- everyone has to learn after Hillary. Hillary is her name. Sure. Everyone has to learn that like just a more charismatic candidate wins, and some people can. Oh, say, Joe Biden was more charismatic than Donald Trump. He no. was off-putting. He was oh, off-putting. He's he was off-putting. Yeah, he was pudding. All right. He was putting. Yeah. Uh-huh. He was making pudding. Yeah, it's he, the best pudding. Every right. now and says, Trump, you make the best pudding. 
Take them. That's my terrible Trump impersonation. But terrible. Like, but I, I there like is the, a Trump. There is a Trump here in our community that could come in here and floor us all. Very good. I just I, no, I, I like thinking about the George Senior as contrasted with like Clinton because it really was the first time that we had like the square against the hip guy. You know, you had like Senior who was like, well, I think that we have to create. A new world order. Ooh. And then, like, Clinton comes in on the sax on, like, the MTV talk show. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. and he's like, I did not have awesome sex with my secretary. <laughs> like, the answer was clear in the eyes of the American public who was going to win. I didn't inhale. Yeah, I know, but that's cool. That's cool. He's breaking the rules. Well, he's, he, he definitely, he was definitely uh, equal to. Millions who voted for him, the hippie generation that came to power. Ah, uh, jeez. I, I, I think it's important that the CIA be able to dispose of any democratically elected. <laughs> yeah. Good one, Hillary. Like, you know, the, the current. You know what you sounded clean. like? You didn't sound like Bill. You sounded like Ross Perot. Oh. Were you trying to sound like Bush? No, I was trying to sound like Clinton. No, Clinton got to sound like, you know. Well, I can't do it either because my voice is too hoarse. hoarse. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna sound bombastic no matter what I do. Uh, you know, my voice sounds a certain way where I can't act any. I can't pretend to be anybody that I'm not because I sound, you know, gregarious, but, but even bombastic. So, like, Clinton was in the cartoons. Sorry, folks. Cartoons. I uh, I was I was gonna have a cough attack. So you hear that little jingle? That's my cough suppressant. But even so, like growing up in the '90s, Clinton was in all over the cartoons, like. People found him charming. Yeah, he was uh, he was the Ronald Reagan on the left, no doubt. It, it, they found him charming. And I got to hand it to him. He came out of nowhere. But he only had 43% of the vote the first time. And that is attributed to Ross Perot. So we make was a Ross Perot? Who ran against him. It was Bush, Clinton, Ross Perot. Ross Perot had an axe to grind with George Bush over... Uh, hostages that he that his company, company employees had in Tehran... And uh, he got, uh, he got, he had to bail them out. He had to rescue them by himself through private contractors because Bush ignored his pleas. So years went by, decades went by, and took it out on him and ran against him to dilute the conservative vote. And Bill Clinton went with 43% of the vote. Oh, then, so he was your Nader. He was your Nader, exactly. And I think Nader did that to. Uh, to Al Gore. People say that, but I don't think it was enough. That, that's just the level. Ross, I think, got if Bush got 38 and that, Clinton that got was 43. Liberals being bitter that they, you know, liberals. Think about it. Do the math. 40, if Clinton got 43, Bush got 38. 43 and 38 is blah, 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 seven, uh, 71 or two. And Ross Perot got the rest. Here, let's look. But no, I, I always felt like the liberals kind of became... The liberals kind of became... Go ahead, did you get the, the totals of that election or not? I did. Totally. Ross Perot was 18%. True! That's a lot! He got like 20 million votes, is Woo! what I'm saying here. Dang, that's a lot. Yeah, it is actually kind of a he spoiler. He that It is a spoiler. He uh, ruined... George Bush never forgave him. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Anytime they asked him... Well, do you think Ross Perot would have that cranky Texas voice, Ross? And, yeah, but uh, oh man, very um, wealthy man. But I, I, I think the you know Al, Al Gore's Perot? loss is when liberals like 
got their first taste of being insufferable to everybody because it was like they ran this completely charmless technical Toy Story. Woody. Yeah, they well Woody's a fun character. Gore is not. Uh Gore, yeah, he invented the internet. Woody is voiced by like I think Tom Hanks. You know what? Yeah, Woody's voiced by I Tom Hanks. That's a charming voice. I can't say that about yeah. Al Gore. When Al Gore kissed his you want to know why millennials have such a weird time dating? Is because we all grew up seeing Al Gore kiss his wife. Woo! And we were like, yeah, we never want to Sociogre. kiss anything. Animal socio. <laughs> we, we never want to kiss anything if it's going to make us look like that. Wow. And then they get, div- <laughs> they get divorced and everything. Uh, I think what cost Bill Cl- um, Al Gore the presidency was Bill Clinton's uh, support of returning Ilian back to Cuba. That ruined it for him and it was fitting that he loses in Florida because that was Florida is what you're saying yeah the electoral college yes and also a tribute to my friend Alex Pinellas mayor at the time who refused to recount well they they also had the agreement that 9-11 was going to happen and Bush was a better planner at that so Gore let him do it I'm joking I'm joking I'm joking Terrible joke. Uh, you don't uh, know that the kids. I think what we're all, all the kids always accuse Bush of doing nine eleven. Yeah, ridiculous stuff. <laughs> what ha- what happens about the truthers in nine eleven is it's oh a, God, it's a they nuance. Were insufferable. They were so insufferable. Okay. They used to be all over the place. But go on, yeah. No. But you know, as the course of time goes on, and the war on terror takes manifested into massive amounts of death and destruction. Um, on any way you can think of. I get this solace position because of PTSD of the veteran and my idea behind building uh, um, the Tunnels to Tower concept. Way before Tunnels to Tower, there was a concept to do the same thing for veterans, by veterans. And we talked about this earlier on Gitmo Free Zone in Guantanamo which is a, a naval base right now. And it's actually, they call it a naval air station. So it's basically just a bunch of runways, some barracks, and a bunch of terrorists. Now, I have strong feelings based on what I've read over the course of time that it's not that it, 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 it's not that it was an inside job. It was that so many people knew it was coming. So many people knew there was so much chatter. But what's really funny to me about, Months, years in yeah, advance. But what's really funny to me about like the 9-11 conspiracies is that like they were scientifically wacko. Like they would be like, okay, so what happened is because you use thermite in, de- in donations, right? For bringing down buildings. Yeah. So they were like, oh, they did thermite. They planted thermite into the building to bring it down. Organize its fall. Yeah, yeah. Organize its fall. But then they were just like yeah, so first off, like, how would they manage to plant thermite in there? And then they're like, well, they painted thermite. They hired some painters to come in. That's where the freaks go. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what the answer and, to that one is? It gets better. And then they're like, no. And then they did experiments showing thermite could not bust it, right? So then they're like, oh, of course, they use super thermite. Yeah. So they, they kept making stuff up to continuously explain how this had to be planned. Like, it wasn't that, like... My favorite is, like, the play, they shot a missile at the Pentagon, right? Like, they shoot a missile at the Pentagon. Like, think about this. If 9-11 is an inside job, do you know who's going to be in on it? 
the executive branch and the Pentagon. And these are the places that were almost attacked. Uh, so I would, it, I would, ex- like- I would exclude the executive branch because <laughs> there's plenty of people between the executive branch and the Department of Defense that pretty much have okay signs to do whatever they need to do to keep us safe. That's the stuff that Snowden exposed. What America's willing to do to keep us safe is not for you and I to talk about and hyperrelate all, uh, you know, I, I feel hypotheticals. it's a right as a democracy to discuss how we're going to keep ourselves safe. I believe these we have people, a National Guard. Pe- huh? We can do two years of service at most instead of, like, you know, for a way to pay to college and actually pay people to go to college after they do their two years of service. Don't trick them. Which is what a recruiting are you, what are you, what are, what are you insinuating? There's no more GI Bill? That a lot of people come over to this country. A lot of people, um, especially people who come in through other means. I'm okay. If you cross the border, you have to serve in the military. And that's the thing. They get told that, you know, we're going to give you a pass to citizenship, does this, and that never comes through for them. Yeah, I don't think the laws uh, uh, permit that to happen. Who in the hell would say something like that? But I guess, that, that happens. I guess recruiters there, do. There are tons of stories about this. Yeah. So it's like I'm all. I think as a democracy, we have to discuss what's going to be to that's keep a, us safe. That, it's a great idea, except for it's very risky because a terrorist could be among those who cross the border, and then all of a sudden you give them a job in the military where they can do a lot of damage. I mean, that's already the issue, though. Like terrorists already recruit from people who leave the military. Absolutely, that is already the biggest. The Oklahoma City bomber wasn't he uh, influenced by terrorism? And Timothy McVeigh and. Um, the Order, which was a white nationalist terrorist organization inside the United States, was made made of a lot of former veterans. Now, are those people uh, broken down? I mean, have they been uh, inva- I, I, uh, not I, invaded? I, what do you call it when you uh, seep in there? <laughs> I, I, I think have it's just been a lot up? of the, you know, there's a lot of culture in the United States which is very, like, resentful and paranoid. Yeah, how they were treated on the battlefield. Well, my God, how many are... There's in, a bit of that, but a lot of people who are Think just, how many are in tents, yeah. you know, veterans sitting in homeless shelters everywhere. There, there's a huge... Uh, Under I, bridges I, I everywhere. I remember after COVID, there were tons of Precisely tents. why I suggested the reinvention of the Veterans Administration through the actions that you haven't got to yet, Gitmo Free Zone. You used to have a website. Every chapter was a website. But after 12 years, I got tired of maintaining 12 different websites so that you could just read one concept and not read the whole book. I just got tired. I was realizing I was doing it for what? Because I was right and making me miserable at the same time? It's one of those situations that, you know, I'm right. I offered it. 399 pages have been offered. You can still see it on my website. Go to my website, wsqfradio.com, where... You hit a tab that says the fiscals, and it all opens up. Hit the little tabs. On your phone, they're small little tabs, but hit them anyway. Don't ask me to enlarge the tabs because you're not that important to me. You know, Be happy with the tabs you got there, and thank me and don't spank me. But grab the tab. It opens up the different icons. Hit. You can see the gallery there. I have a really cool gallery of old Cuba scanning that you will enjoy. I spent a considerable amount of time. Uh, buying pictures, black and whites, of the early days of the key. Excuse a couple of spikely moments where I, my, my face comes out. But then there's another tab that calls the fiscals. Did you see inside? You know, I've only seen one Spike Lee movie. You know, I can't even remember the ones I've seen, man. I and saw I, I Inside enjoy, Man, right? I've enjoyed every single one of them. I saw Inside Man, and I thought that was like, that was 
damn good movie. By the way, I'm really big on black humor. I think there's the funniest freaking Chris Rock and Eddie Murphy in my youth. My God, funniest people in the rock. I mean, I'm George Carlin. I get that part, you know. That really relies on uh, on profanity and stuff, and they're fantastic at it. But black humor, man, ha- has they, makes they, my they, stomach. Because you become funnier when you're more of an outsider. Because when you're more stuck in the bubble, when you're more accepted in more parts of society, you there's there's no need to try to try something surprising to be funny. You know, he's, 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 I still I still think he's the the greatest box office movie star. Murphy, I, yeah, I think Murphy's got more yeah. and made more money at the box office than anybody. I, I heard it was Harrison Ford growing up, but maybe no way, Humdrum Harrison, no way. He's had some good movies, but Tom Hanks has as well. But Eddie Murphy has been able to appeal to all. Harrison social- Ford hasn't acted since yeah I don't know, for years. Eddie Murphy's he's still like a Mister Netflix I, rental. I love you, Harrison Ford. Don't take that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know you're in the end of Jones. I get it. Yeah, but he. All right. Uh, what's your final quote of the day? Do you have a drop? But, but more or less, is something you got I've a three seen, mi- that, you got a three minute drag, I, I drop the mic fast, moment. Is that humor is very much surprising and catching people off guard. That that's a big. That's part. the art of humor. Yeah. That, that's the art of humor because I heard a lot of people talk about like. Oh, humor is about subverting expectations. Oh, it's about challenging ideas. How about or, the person who doesn't want to laugh tonight, and yeah, he's at your show, and you can't make him laugh, and you end up making him laugh? Then I'm too... Pre- yeah. That's the art of a comedy, man. Comedy has got to be the freaking hardest way to make a living. You stand up, you're experimenting with a lot of jokes that you've had from past and present. I'm sure you're stealing jokes from other people, and you think you can deliver them better. But it's still... You in the crowd, baby. I, I think the hardest job of all time is radio host. I, I, I think. Wait a minute. <laughs> that required. Uh, that could have been a drop the mic <laughs> moments, but I won't let it be so. There's one minute I, left. I, I think we deserve- allow him to save his soul. But for now, for a moment, I'll. He did bring me water, so. I, I think that's the perfect note to end the show on. WSQF Blink Radio Back In a day Right? One day Stay free my friends If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne You can also hear us very far away nationwide WSQFRadio.com And if you like our audio files and our subject matter Subscribe to YouTube Mac on the Rock Rampage Take care and stay free.